friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network. My name is Randy Smith. I'm one of the co-founders of CUinsight.com, also the host of the CU Insight Experience podcast. But on this show, it's my job to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. We try to identify a few issues affecting all credit unions, have a discussion about best practices, and see if we can't gain a few nuggets that we can learn from and and prove our credit unions. My, my guest on today's show is Karen Magahi. She is a principal over at Strum, first of all, and the VP of Client Services. So let's just jump right into the conversation. Karen, welcome to the show. Hi, Randy. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm so excited to have you here. We've worked with Strum for a long, long time and always just been absolutely just I've always loved your organization. So I, I knew this is just oh, there's so you. much we can talk about. Um, and I think from fouling Strum, it, the idea of like, not just a marketing agency anymore, or at least a redefined one, right? Like, so this, I, I was, uh, you know, like I said, really excited to talk to you today. Just to, you know, kind of start with, it, most of us didn't grow up wanting to work in credit unions someday. So what did a young Karen want to be when she grew up? And how did your career path take you to, to what you're doing today? Oh, yeah. Gosh, well, okay. Well, you're, you're forcing me back quite quite a bit of ways <laughs> in time. But uh, um, gosh, when I, when I was young, I kind of dreamt of becoming an architect of all things. Um, I think I was drawn to that creativity of defining new spaces and kind of a sense of place for people. It, the attraction was that idea of building and maybe transforming something. So that was what my draw was. But I quickly realized that my mathematical talent really wasn't quite up to par and what was required was a little bit out of my league. So I went a different route, pursued psychology and communications as a, a different avenue in how I can bring transformation more on the human side versus an actual physical structure perspective. Well, that's pretty cool. Still, <laughs> still building and helping. That's 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 for sure. From just a little bit of research, you've been with Strom. I mean, it's Weber Marketing now Strom for twenty years. So there's been a lot of transformation over that period in, in, as well. Working with credit unions, I'm sure. Oh my goodness, yes, definitely. I started working, you know, when it was Weber Marketing Group many uh-huh. many years ago. And, you know, this as the credit union industry has changed, so has our agency. And we've always been, you know, really focused on our own innovation to continue being life learners, adapt and really help credit unions succeed to the best of our ability. And that's some of the work that really strum myself that we're really most passionate about doing. So let me ask you this. For anybody out there, if they don't know your organization, let's pretend we were meeting in person at a conference. Give us the, the quick elevator pitch. What What is Strum and how do you work with credit unions? Yeah, so Strum Agency, um, we're an all-encompassing strategic and creative agency, and we're a little bit more unique compared to maybe your traditional agency. So we're pretty broad in terms of what it is that we bring and offer the credit union industry. Our services range from strategic branding and marketing, as well as data analytics services. And our focus is really to help credit unions competitively position the best way possible for growth and expansion. And through those services, it's about storytelling and also applied data insights. Yeah, that's uh, that's a direction I'd Looking forward to hitting even more on one of the things that we've talked a lot about, and I know this is something that that you folks are 
just on the ground on is this idea of transforming, you know, the credit union, that, that kind of the digital transformation that's going on through all credit unions, financial services, probably everything. But when you're talking about it, and I know speaking with folks in your organization, that idea of evaluating and identifying those effective partnerships that are out there, is that something you could talk about? And then also, you just mentioned it, right? Like that idea of credit union sustaining growth or achieving sustainable mm-hmm. growth and that competitive advantage. What does that look like today? Oh, yeah. Well, I think establishing a strong competitive distinction or possibly not having one at all is uh, what mm-hmm. keeps a lot of credit union leaders that I've spoken with up at night. And mm-hmm. it's a huge battle for them to you know, gain ground on providing that excellent member experience is attracting younger consumers, also building and having the right technology and access to serve them incredibly well, in addition to attracting the best talent they can afford are things that are significant challenges for for credit unions. Um, But also it's compounded by the fact that resources are thin, budget cuts are more (laughs) severe now than what they were a couple years ago. Um, in-house talent is being stretched, plus that pressure for adaptation and evolution has also never been higher. So organizations are getting really squeezed for both performance, but with littler you know, resources in order to do it. And so this is when like agency partners can really become a critical ally in bringing that innovation and ideas to help position organizations with that greater distinction. But some credit unions, I think at this point with these added pressures may discover that their agency might not be well-versed or experienced enough with the competitive challenges that they're facing in order to help them adapt and position against the increasing competitive threats. Absolutely. You know, something that I've always been impressed with um, just from the outside looking in, I guess, blimp level is that idea that it seems like you take a very strategic approach from the beginning before it's not just, you know, one off type jobs and then also the execution side. And that's a place that I wanted to go next was, you know, what are those first steps or those most important steps for credit unions to take to link those key strategies and the concept, but to I think something you all do well at Strum is the actual execution, too, of that plan, right? Like, it's not just a put it on a shelf and we have new colors or whatever it happens to be, right? Like, so. Right, right. And then the second part of that, and I know this is a direction that that you've all moved into quite a bit over the past few years, is actually the data side, right? And, And not only just building those brands, but also tracking and measuring performance, which is why we do things, right? Yeah. Well, another challenge besides building that brand distinction that credit unions face is really aggregating their data into an enterprise like data platform, something that's accessible to all teams in order to help them with strategic and business decision making. And this is an issue that many credit unions are wrestling with. Leaders are faced with a decision. Do they build it in-house with existing talent or do they buy it from someone else? And unfortunately, I've seen it take some in-house credit union teams three or more years to build a data warehouse and still not have the ability to be able to share and socialize that data throughout the organization through a common source um, in order to access and use it to be a strategic tool. It's a noble effort to want to be able to do that in-house, but it's also too slow in just an increasingly fiercely competitive space. 
And so really that speed to be able to leverage the data analytics to improve and enhance relationships, it's, it's no longer an option to move slow. It's the rate and speed of access and application of that data is what is going to help your organization be future ready. It seems like it's becoming table stakes, right? Like we're so used to that experience outside of and everything else we do. If our financial institution isn't doing it, it, it seems, yeah. I mean, just like uh, we want more. So we want, we, we want it quick. Uh, <laughs> you know, to wrap up this first part of the show, I'd like to ask a couple of questions about the future. And we've, you know, already been started to talk about everything that Strum's been doing to innovate and, and, you know, help credit unions keep moving forward. But if you were to break out the crystal ball, there's just been a ton of disruption in financial services from outside players, uh, you know, fintech, everything. I don't think any of us think that's going to slow down. What trends are you seeing and, and where is Strum's focus when it comes to innovating to, to meet all the challenges that are happening out there today? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly getting to personalization is where all organizations want to be. Um, being able to, you know, move from, you know, being really product centric to more member centric is the ultimate is the ultimate goal. Um, but in order to get to greater personalization, you need to be able to have the insights and the analytics that are going to come from your first party data, appended data, and then also market data so that you can really get to know and understand who are your key growth segments who are your key retention segments so that you know them better than what your competition knows them to be. Um, So you can build the right types of experiences, have the right type of product innovation, promote the right type of messages to build a brand that's going to resonate strongly with them. It's going to probably lead into my next question, but I'd like to stay here for a minute is like when, you guys work with credit unions across the country. Is that where a big gap exists? Like, I, I feel like for years we've heard that we all have the data, but we don't necessarily apply it. And, and you're talking real time now as well. It is mm-hmm. it, I mean, if we're looking at, and, and this was the next question I had, was credit union relevance moving forward? Is there something we need to be doing different or better, maybe, to stay competitive, to stay relevant in this you know changing marketplace? Yeah, I think the industry has, you know, overall, the leaders have an idea of where they need to be. I think the the path in order to get there, I think, is where things get a little bit a little bit cloudy. And uh, the pace of change is rapid. Credit unions are struggling to really keep up with in house talent and resources. And you know, there becomes you know gaps then between how fast you need to move. You know, do we have the resources and the talent in-house or do we need to be relying on partners who can fill some of those resource gaps and then accelerate the speed to implementation of new critical strategies in order to have the organization adapt and grow more quickly than what it can on its own? Absolutely. And I think we're seeing that on uh, in so many areas of life, right? Like there's, and it sounds like this, what you're kind of talking about is this idea that the pace of change, no individual credit union can keep pace with that if they're trying to develop everything in-house, right? They need to have these partners like Strum to, mm-hmm. you know, 
keep up, basically. I know that's something we deal with at CU Insight, and I'm sure you just deal with internally at Strom too. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, you know, well, you know, businesses are under an incredible amount of pressure. I mean, you know, always have been, but certainly 2020 and into 2021, you know, it's even more intense, and especially for financial institutions where, you know, the interest rates are such where, you know, income is not as high as it once was, yet there's now more added pressure on that digital adaptation that requires a lot of, you know, investment and time and budget in order to, you know, put the organization where it wishes it was. This is a scratch my own itch question, but I've been so impressed with some of the credit unions that that you all have worked with and that just the overreaching kind of brand that's been built over time. Like you just mentioned, the last year was an interesting one for everybody. I don't care what business you're in, right? Um, mm-hmm. Did the work, did all the pre-work that you did with you know some of these longer term credit unions that you've worked with, did that allow them to not only pivot to the you know, the the digital experience where branches are being shut down and everything like that for a year at a time, um, but also to have that brand and messaging that their members already knew. It seems like that I, I've watched a lot of your clients do, it seemed like do very well over the past year and a half. So it, do you think that all ties together because they already did the work in advance or? <laughs> yeah, well, I think, you know, having the entire organization aligned and focused on key strategies is always going to be better footing in times of crisis than <laughs> when you don't have it at all. Because yeah. it brings you back to a place of focus and concentration and reminders of what are we setting out to do as an organization. And, and no doubt, even with you know, the well-defined brand strategies and the, you know, the audiences well-defined, there's still pivots and adaptations that have to happen. But having a strong foundation from which to work from certainly puts you ahead. I know a lot of organizations were really caught off guard, you know, ones that had been, you know, thinking about undergoing branding or rethinking their competitive position in the marketplace. And then when the crisis or the pandemic hit, then there were not a lot of, you know, strongholds to some of the strategy because it hadn't yet been developed. And so a lot of organizations are in really rapid catch-up mode to ensure that these gaps that were exposed, they're filling, um, you know, in this time of kind of rebuilding and refocus for (laughs) whatever the future might bring. Absolutely. It feels like we all have a chance to even redefine if we want to. So um, (laughs) I'd like to wrap up the show with some rapid fire questions, just like we do on the the CU Insight Experience podcast. The questions are rapid, but your answers do not have to be. So uh, was there a, I I keep calling this the COVID purchase, Pelotons and Puppies. Was there the recent purchase that you made that you didn't know you needed, but now you're like, I couldn't live without it? Yeah. Okay. So there's a few. So okay. for me, my my Yeti wine tumbler yeah. is is a must have. I would want to live without that. The awesome. other one is yeah. the air fryer for my kids. That's been uh, a lifesaver as they that's what they can put their food in. And then and then we decided to get a puppy, but then we actually decided to get two puppies, and so those were you, you doubled up the puppies. <laughs> we we did, yeah. What what kind of puppies? I have to ask. Oh, French bulldog. 
Oh boy. All right. Very cool. The Yeti wine tumbler, an amazing thing. And of course we need that. We're all working from home now. So uh, no. <laughs> uh, when you hear the word success, who is the, the first person that comes to mind and why? Oh gosh, that's a hard one. Cause you can either go like the personal route or like the celebrity, somebody who everybody knows route. Okay. So I would say then for this purpose, I would say Michelle Obama. Um, she really comes out in my mind, uh, she's a powerful advocate for both women and girls uh-huh. and is also a very strong voice for racial equality. And so I think these are important issues to me personally. And she really kind of embodies, I think, a lot of a lot uh-huh. of that success and helping move some of those initiatives forward. I love that answer, and I may get in trouble for this one, but well, maybe not. It's just my opinion, but I thought her book was better than President Obama's book, so at least more interesting, personally. So I suggest yes, people read I, that also. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the, the random question, what is that greatest album of all time, the one you can uh, listen to every song, mm. not skip one? Okay, so for... There, there, there's several, but probably the one that stands out being a, a girl of the eighties, um, ACDC back in black would be uh, a just a, a, a go-to. I haven't outgrown that one yet. I, I get that completely to tell you the truth. So yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that is very high up on mine as well. And then like guns and roses appetite for destruction. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 80s, 80s love ballads, you name it. Those are probably like my next like, guilty pleasure, but, uh, ACDC back in black. My, uh, my you have to love that it's all still available anytime we want it so uh <laughs> any uh <laughs> any books that either you've gifted over time or that you just think everyone should read well um a new one that i think is interesting is called think again by adam grant okay. so the premise of this is to of the book is really to challenge yourself to think more like a scientist with you know ver- so like lean in more to the facts versus your intuition at the oh, very beginning okay. and so it's kind of teaching concepts of like the value of the humility over your own pride and thinking that you already know what the answer is or what the answer should be so it challenges you to be open and to be more open to curiosity over just like what your own strong conviction may already be. I just like it from just like a growth mindset yep. to kind of get outside of tunnel vision that just kind of can happen to all of us just over years of experience and having been there, done that, you have your go-to answers and the go-to answers aren't always the same answers that are going to work, you know, forever. Right. I'm a fan of his. I have not read that book yet, but like Originals was amazing and some of the other, a couple of the others, but yeah, fantastic. You're right into my reading list. Uh, if the calendar's empty, what does Karen do to unwind outside of work? Yeah, well, it depends on the season. So yeah. in the winter, it's snow skiing uh, with family and friends. And then when summer hits, then it's boating with family and friends and then in between those seasons we're just waiting for the next extreme season to actually happen so we can do those things so you can and then, go on the boat. Uh, when yeah. that's not happening yeah when that's not happening then it's the occasional karaoke outing with friends but oh. haven't had one of those for about a year and a half now so you know waiting You're- for you know, things are normalized so we can get back to doing that kind of fun. Uh, that's fantastic. I, I have to ask behind you, I see a ski ski slopes. Where, where is that in the picture? Is that, is okay, that a so the one, Yeah, so the one behind uh, me is Mission Ridge. And so that's kind of in central Washington okay. state. So that's a common <laughs> one, you know, that we go to, yeah, during the season. 
Uh, that's fantastic. Good uh, eye. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious always of the backgrounds, right? So uh, we'll link to everything we talked about today in the show notes. Uh, my last question that I have for you is, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share or asks of our listeners, viewers uh, today? So the focus on personalization is a critical one. And the biggest move that I see that organizations need to make is really kind of switching the thought process from being so product-centric to more member-centric experiences to just improve what that overall member experience is going, is going to be. And the product centricity is one that puts the financial institution really at the center focus instead of the member. Um, it builds silos and then consequently misaligned strategies. And so I think really establishing an enterprise-wide platform and access to data will help elevate the entire organization. It will help break down silos because everybody is kind of coming to the same source of information, which then helps teams build that personalization and relevancy in their members' lives. And I think if you do that well, the business impact will follow. Couldn't agree more. Thank you again, Karen, for being on the show today. I, I, I hope you and your family stay well and look forward to our paths crossing as we all start moving about again. Well, thank you, Randy, so much. Appreciated our time together today. 